So I'll take our ears and hear through them, uh, take our minds and think through them, and take our hearts and set them on fire. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Well, uh, three months ago, uh, two months ago, even one month ago, uh, I was pretty sure, and I think most of us were pretty sure that we were pretty well through this pandemic, right? I mean, vaccines were becoming widely available, uh, infections, hospitalization rates were going down. Uh, we were all starting to look ahead to the fall, starting to make plans for whatever this new normal was gonna be. And now, well, now, not so much. The spread of the Delta variant, uh, lots of people, for lots of different reasons, choosing not to be vaccinated. Infection rates have gone back up. Hospitalization rates are going back up. ICUs are at the breaking point. Uh, death rates are rising dramatically. Uh, we are wearing masks again indoors, and as of Friday in Oregon, wearing them outdoors. And we're wondering again, uh, should we send our kids off to school? Should we cancel our travel plans? Should we gather in person for worship here at Portland Mennonite Church? Well, a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, it was actually August 30th, 2020, I talked on a Sunday morning about liminal faith as a way of framing where we find ourselves, where we found ourselves then and where we find ourselves now. And if you have a, a, a particularly good memory, you might recall that liminal comes from the Latin word lemon, L-I-M-E-N, and it means literally threshold. Of course, the threshold is that little piece of wood or that piece of stone that's usually set in a doorway that you have to step over to get from one place to the next. You have to step over to get from one room to the next room. And a year ago, we were, we were on that threshold. We were in that kind of liminal space. We were stuck between the outbreak of COVID and the uh, development of a vaccine. And back then, August 30th, 2020, we didn't know when that would happen, how long it would take, and when it would be widely available. We were on the threshold. There were things that we had had to leave behind, things that we couldn't do anymore. We were quarantining back then. The economy was pretty much shut down. We had, we had left behind that, that room, right? But we couldn't go anywhere. We didn't know what lay ahead. So we were kind of stuck in that in-between space, that liminal space. This year, I was pretty sure by now we'd be charging on, we'd be moving ahead stepping off of that threshold, not worrying about masks anymore, making travel plans for Thanksgiving. I was looking forward to an absolutely packed sanctuary on Christmas Eve. Uh, and instead, we're still stuck in this pandemic and it is unsettling and frustrating, maddening and, and saddening the, the, the level of loss and grief and, and polarization all around us. But, as challenging, as difficult, uh, as wearying as this, this in-between uncertain time still is, it can also hold uh, significant and new and surprising possibilities. The Bible is full of stories of people living in liminal times, people living on that threshold between what was and what God promises can be. So for example, the story of the Israelites back in the book of Exodus, they've been freed from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They left that behind and they were looking ahead. They were holding on to the promise of a land of milk and honey, but for 40 years, they were wandering in the wilderness. It was in that liminal time that they received the 10 commandments. It was in that liminal time, they were taught a way of living freely and justly. 
It's the story of Saul in the book of Acts. Saul was gripped as a young man by religious zeal. We're told that he was breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And then on the road to Damascus, he's blinded by an encounter with the risen Christ. He spends three years in Arabia, we're told. And it's after that liminal time that he becomes Paul, the first great theologian of the church. It's also true in the story that we've heard uh, in Acts 11 today of Abram and Sarah. In Genesis, God had called the world into being, and very quickly it all runs amok. Adam and Eve are exiled from Eden. Cain kills his brother Abel. By the time you get to Noah, and that's only in chapter 6, humankind is utterly corrupted. This God who had called creation into being and seen it start to fall apart then calls Abram and Sarah. God calls Abraham and Sarah to fashion an alternative community to what's going on in the world all around them. God promises to bless them with a family so that they will be a blessing in a world that sure seemed to be cursed. God promises to bless them with a family so that all of the families of the earth will be blessed. And that, of course, is the beginning of the dream that we hold on to still. It's the dream of the beloved community, a community, a world in which everyone is safe, everyone is loved, everyone has what they need to thrive. And to make it so, God calls Abraham and Sarah to leave behind country and kindred and to set out to a place not knowing where they were going. God calls them into that liminal space. God calls them to leave behind what was for what God promises can be. For what God promised can be, not just for them, which is the unexpected joy of parenting in their old age, but what God promises can be for all the families of the earth, this beloved community. And, the writer, and as the writer of Hebrews tells us, by faith they obeyed, they went, they set out, they followed. And the writer of Hebrews then calls us to live by such faith to hold on, bleak as the news can be, to the hope of what God promises, to trust the creative, the redemptive, the healing, the peace-building, the justice-making, the world-changing power of God, and to believe that those liminal spaces, difficult as they can be, can be openings for the Spirit to work in and among and around and through us. Well, what does it mean for us to live by that kind of faith now? The temptation when we find ourselves in these in-between places is, is on the one hand to go back to the way things were, back to what has been familiar, back to what has been safe, back to the way things used to be. And you see that in that story uh, from Exodus of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. There comes points when they're ready to go back to Egypt. They're hungry and they're willing to go back into slavery for the sake of three hots and a cot. So on the one hand, there's a temptation to go back on the other hand, there's the temptation to charge ahead, to take the bull by the horns, to force the future for the sake of some sense of certainty in the present. And in that same story from Exodus, when uh, you recall Moses is delayed on Mount Sinai, the people charge ahead. They talk Aaron into building them a golden calf and they lose their way. So the, tempt the temptation is to go back or to charge ahead. But when we do, we can miss the possibilities of, of liminal time. Last year, uh, I read an excerpt from Richard Rohr from his book, Everything Belongs, and it's worth reading again. 
He writes, all transformation takes place here in these liminal spaces. We have to allow ourselves to be drawn out of business as usual and remain patiently on the threshold where we are betwixt and between the familiar and the completely unknown. There alone is our old world left behind while, we're not, while, while we are not yet sure of the new existence. That's a good space where genuine newness can begin. And then he goes on to write, get there often and stay as long as you can by whatever means possible. It's the realm where God can best get at us because our false certainties are finally out of the way. This is the sacred space where the old world is able to fall apart and a bigger world is revealed. If we don't encounter liminal space in our lives, we start idealizing normalcy. The threshold is God's waiting room. Here we're taught openness and patience as we come to expect an appointment with the divine doctor. Well, when I read that last August, a year ago, when I read that line, get there often and stay as long as you can, I wouldn't have guessed that we would still be betwixt and between a year later. But this can be sacred space where a bigger world is revealed. If we are open, if we are patient, if we live by liminal faith like Abram and Sarah. This fall is gonna be different than we imagined three months ago or two months ago, or even a month ago. It's gonna be different at Portland Mennonite Church. So what does it mean to live by faith in a time like this? Well, I've been, I've been reading a lot of articles and a lot of journals and the people who write about congregational life in these in-between times say that we're to look for what they call proximate purposes. Proximate means, you know, nearby, close at hand. There's a lot we don't know. There's a lot we can't plan for. There's no sense looking too far down the road. There's no sense planning for five to seven years out when we're not even quite sure what's going to happen in five to seven days. So instead, look for proximate purposes. Look for what needs to be done now. And we don't need a long-term plan to know that we're called um, to make sure that everyone has enough to eat to make sure that everyone has a safe place to, uh, to call home, to make sure people have what they need to thrive. So this fall at Portland Mennonite Church, we're gonna continue to volunteer with Night Strike. We have a group going this afternoon. We're gonna continue to support street routes. Uh, Nathan or Christina are gonna be downstairs after the service selling the paper. We're gonna gather school kits for Mennonite Central Committee again, and there's some flyers on the back for the items that should be included each kit, in each kit that Mennonite Central Committee then sends around the world. We're going to continue to bless people as they go off to help rebuild homes with Mennonite Disaster Service. And Joanne Barda and Vicki Kenyon are heading off this week to spend another week serving down in Paradise, California. And we're going to continue to plan and prepare for opening a shelter for families experiencing homelessness. We're part of a consortium of churches that are working to open Family Promise Metro East here on the east side of Portland. 13 churches. Each church is going to take four weeks out of the year to host up to four families. So four weeks out of the year, um, hopefully we're beginning in January, uh, we're gonna host up to four families downstairs in our building. And when we do, there's gonna be plenty of work for everyone to do. So look for proximate purposes. Look for what needs to be done now uh, and do it. This fall at Portland Mennonite Church, one of, one of the focal points of our congregational life is also going to be uh, an anti-racist audit, and hopefully you've heard a little bit about that. 
The table, which is our leadership group here, has engaged a group from Wider Stand Consulting to help us. To help us uh, through the eyes of people of color to see ourselves more accurately. To help us see the gaps between who we are and who we're called to be. And to help us with specific suggestions, practical ways for us to keep moving toward that vision of a beloved community. And that anti-racist audit is going to require us to live by liminal faith. Because when white people in the United States talk about race in this country, and, and most of us here are white, there are those same two temptations. We're tempted to want to go back to the way things were, back to what used to be, right? Make America great again. Or on the other end, and this is true as particularly in progressive communities, and Portland counts as a progressive community, we're tempted to imagine that we already know what needs to be done, and so we charge ahead, we make plans, we get out front. But it's only when we're willing to live as long as we can in that liminal space, when we're willing to leave behind the old world of white privilege, of whitewashed history, and we're willing to be patient and open and humble enough to listen and to learn and to let others take the lead. It's only then, in that sacred space, that the old world will be able to start falling apart and a bigger world revealed. I'm pretty sure that's going to be an unsettling and challenging experience. Frankly, in my prayers, I'm already praying that I won't be defensive. I'm already praying that I won't be anxious. But we are people who are called to live by faith. I hope I'm not preaching another sermon on liminal faith again on August 28, 2022. But even so, let us hold on to the hope of what God promises can be and trust in the creative, redemptive, reconciling power of God and believe that these liminal spaces can create openings for the spirit to work in and around and among and through us. Maybe so. Amen.